Hey friends, this is your host, Mindy Duff, and you're listening to Up Level Your Life with Mindy, your number one personal growth podcast that will bring you closer to uncovering your greatest self. As a certified holistic health and nutrition coach, I created this podcast for anyone who desires to improve physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'll be interviewing experts and sharing tips and tricks that have helped not only my clients, but that have guided me on my own transformational journey. I believe that we all have a greatness that lies within. We just need to uncover it. Are you ready to level up? Then let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Up Level Your Life with Mindy. I am your host, Mindy Duff. And today I have a special guest with me. I have Annie Joy here, who is a certified life coach. And we are going to specifically be diving into bullying and building resilience. So if you are a parent, this would be a really, really great episode to listen to. And if you are a human, this would also be a really great episode to listen to because bullying doesn't just, it's not just for kids, unfortunately. Um, so we're going to just chat about all these things here. But before we get too much into this, Annie, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, for sure. And thank you. So um, people often ask if I made up the joy part. It's actually my middle name. Like I didn't make that up. I just happen to have a great middle name. Um, so yes, I um, I live in Arizona and I have two kiddos. I'm a single mama and I originally was going to like become a therapist and like help all the families in all the world. And that was my life goal. But then I ended up with a kid with autism and that derailed my plans. So we took a detour and went into life coaching instead where not quite the same like commitment up front with like education and everything, um, but also something that can still be helping other people and like helping them shift their mindset and do those things. And, um, kind of why I started doing what I do though, is because I was in two different marriages that were pretty abusive and I definitely had my part to play in that. And I'm the first to tell you that I made mistakes and that I did things I'm not proud of and have learned a lot from that. But learning that one of my biggest mistakes was that I didn't speak up for myself. I didn't communicate my wants and needs. I didn't say no when things were not okay. Like there was a lot that I did not speak up for myself. And so that's really made me even more excited about helping other people and even kiddos learning how to be emotionally resilient and also to communicate what they want to say. Yeah, that's really important work um, for kids and adults. Like I said, it's bullying. It's not just for for kids, but I think that's really uh, important that you address, you know, you had a role to play. We all have a role to play in every relationship that we're in, obviously. But when things don't go right, it's not always the other person's fault. You're you're in that too, regardless of what has happened. But I think the fact that, you know, not speaking up for your wants and your needs is so common that some of us don't even know what our wants and needs even are. And I think totally. that that's, yeah. So just even having that awareness and then, you know, baby steps is I'm sure, you know, the way to get there. But Let's talk a little bit about bullies. So they're everywhere. Like I've said, they're not just for kids. What is it that makes someone a bully? And what are examples of ways that adults bully other adults? I think that's such a good question because I think that we don't 
think about that for grownups, right? We might call it other words, but essentially it kind of comes down to the same thing, right? But when you look at like the definition of bullying, it basically is that there is like threats or mocking or mean behavior that's on a persistent basis and that it's to someone who's in a more vulnerable position. It's like when you're taking two kids on the playground and you've got that kid that's sweet and kind, but you know, a little bit meeker and they're not maybe as popular or whatever, and they're the ones getting targeted, then they're going to label this bullying, right? Because they're a little less able to defend themselves. Maybe you don't have a group of friends to back them up. Um, and then when you apply that to like adults, there might be not quite the same dynamics of like this person's more important or more popular or whatever to like, to put on that manipulation. But I think that there's other ways that people have their quote unquote power or authority that they use to exercise over other people, whether that is something like in a work organization or a church organization, or even like in a friend group, if there's somebody that's kind of just a little more dominant and uses that power in a way to manipulate others to do what they don't want to do, which is a little bit harder, right? When it's like with a grown up because we expect them to kind of like know better, right? Or to have more tools to be aware of that or children. Oftentimes, like when I, I've had a parent come to me saying they wanted help with this bully, right? And we talked it through and talked about what the kid was doing. And I was like, honestly, I feel like bully is such an overused term, especially on the playground, because these are most likely children who are just mismanaging their pain and don't know how to deal with it, right? And so I talked to them about like having compassion for this other kiddo because they don't know how to manage their pain, right? They're uncomfortable, they're embarrassed, they're XYZ feeling, they don't know how to sit in that feeling. So they're going to push it on to the next person to try to shift the pain. But here's the thing is with adults, you'd like to think, oh yeah, they should know better, right? The thing is that nobody ever taught them how to manage their pain. They're going to keep pushing their pain onto somebody else. So that manipulation, that, you know, those coerciveness, those things that's like, pushing people past their boundaries, essentially you could call it like bullying, right? Because you're not honoring someone else's boundaries. But really, I think most of the time it's from lack of understanding. I think it's from lack of like having tools. They don't understand like the boundaries around each other. They're like, these are their boundaries. This is their space. And I don't get to push someone else past what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Wow. So many good things that you said there. Let me see if I can remember them all. <laughs> Um, so what I really like is that, so I think we, we all can recognize that kids that are bullies that aren't taught proper tools when they grow up, there's what's going to change. Of course, they're still going to be bullies as an adult. But I think as I'm listening to you talk that, you know, there's instances as adults where we're probably all bullying someone else, even, you know, a pretty nice person in certain relationships maybe is bullying and don't even have the awareness of it. Because again, like you're saying, it's, you know, pushing somebody's boundaries. Maybe you're not even paying attention to the fact that you are pushing boundaries because maybe that person is just, you know, willing to, I guess, let you violate those boundaries and they haven't learned to speak up for themselves. So then you in turn are becoming the bully without really even having a lot of awareness to it. So it's not just this, you know, stigma where they're, oh, there's the, the one bad kid and they grow up and they're a bad adult. And we can all see them and they're just a big, huge jerk. It's not, it's not that necessarily. <laughs> I mean, it can be that, 
But sure. it's all of us have a role to play here in bullies as well. So talk about resilience a little bit and why why is it important to build resilience? I love that. And I love the question you sent because I think that there's a lot of words that become kind of buzzwords, right? Like self-care and like we throw these words out and we all like use them but do we really do a deeper dive sometimes like what it actually means? And I love your question of like, so why does it matter? And that's the thing too, is like when I'm working with someone and talking to them about bullying, first thing is like, you cannot control anybody else. So while I wish I could say, hey, I'm gonna help your kid like be able to punch this kid back or something, like that's that's not the option, right? And like, that's never right. going to work out in anybody's best interest, right? But like, I cannot control there will always be people who are mismanaging their pain, right? And I think that often, like going back to that word bully, it's like, it kind of creates like an us-them situation, right? They're the bullies, they're the bad guys, and we're the good guys. And I don't think that helps anybody to have that kind of division. So to look at it as these are people mismanaging their pain, whether they are 4 or 14 or 47, they are mismanaging their pain and to stop villainizing people who are doing mean things because listen i villainized both of my ex-husbands for a long time and sometimes i still fall into that trap of like oh they're the worst you know but when i come back to my space of like no these are people in pain that's it like it, it lets me get my power back um but so the reason why emotional resilience is so important is because because i can't control anybody else if i can get my power back and say okay what am I feeling? What am I experiencing right now? Hmm. My body feels really tense. I feel really anxious right now. And getting clear also on like, what are you making it mean? Because if he says something and it has no emotional bearing on my life, because I don't believe it at all, then I don't care. Right. The example I give kids is like, if I said, Hey, you're a purple cat would you even care? No, you'd laugh at me because you don't believe you're a purple cat. But when someone preys on your weaknesses and your insecurities, it hurts because it's something we already believe or a part of it we believe, or maybe it's an old wound like that someone told us we were younger or whatever. Like there is a reflection there on our own experience. And so to me, it is so valuable to like be aware of that and know that so that when those things come in, I'm like, whoa, because I mean, I'm dealing with this still like 40 years old dealing with this on a regular basis right something comes in you're like oh okay having enough love for myself to say okay put it through the filter like is this true about me and does it matter if it's from someone who consistently wants to hurt my feelings is it true probably not and does it matter i don't know like filter it down to like what is he actually trying to say what is she actually trying to say and is there something in my behavior that could create a better result for both of us if I care enough about this relationship, right? So um, I think that's what's so beautiful is that I get to run it through that filter, but only when I have a place of like insane, fierce love for myself, can I look at it like that? Because before, when I was in deep in self-loathing, I couldn't look at any feedback and go through that filter, right? It was just like, yeah. oh, there's, there's my evidence that I suck. And then I'm the worst and no one likes me. And, but instead to like have the awareness of like, oh, okay, run to the filter, take care of myself first, slow it down, like remind my heart and my brain that I am safe, figure it out. 
And then I can come back with an actual solution that honors me and the other person. Because I have a relationship with everyone. It may not be deep. It may not be wonderful. But even a person I pass on the street, like I could have a relationship, even if it's two seconds, right? So if there's people in my life, like for me, it's my kid's father, right? Like we're connected the rest of our lives. We'll be grandparents together. So in that relationship, how can I come up with solutions that honor me and him? the best that I can in my corner, right? So, but it's, but it comes back to knowing how to regulate my stuff because it's my stuff to regulate and it's my responsibility, which is the good and bad news, right? <laughs> yeah. It's all on us. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, as you're talking, there's a quote that I cannot remember because I am horrible at remembering quotes word for word Me and too. book titles. <laughs> so, I will look up this quote and I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm going to paraphrase it. And it's something about, um, you know, not having enough leather to cover the whole world so that we're, you know, if you had enough leather that you could cover the whole world, then it wouldn't matter where you're walking and your feet would feel great. You'll never have enough leather to cover the whole world. But if you have enough leather to cover your own feet, then it doesn't matter what you walk on. You can walk anywhere and your feet are going to feel great. Um, which is essentially kind of what you're saying, you know, you can try and squash that bully and fix that person and whatever, and just walk around with a sign saying, Hey, everybody, this is how I want you to treat me. Like everyone treat me this way. This is what I need you to do so that I feel good. Like, okay, that's probably not going to work. You can try it. Let me know. But, um, but if you can, (laughs) yeah, really, but if you can take care of your, Oh, have that resilience, like you're talking about, and then it won't matter if people are telling you you're a purple cat or something much worse than a purple cat, it's not going to make any difference to you. You're just going to be like, okay, you know what? That's actually your stuff. I don't believe that to be true. I've run it through my filter, just like you were talking about to check and see, Hey, does that resonate? Do I feel that way? And and if you do find it triggering, then explore that. Why? Um, a lot yeah. of times when something is triggering, a good question to ask is when is the earliest time I can remember that I felt this? because a lot of that all goes back to our, our childhood, really, even if you had a great childhood. Um, so yeah, that's really, it's, I agree. I think it is really important to build resilience. And I, I like all those things that you're saying. So, but what do we, what do we do though, Annie? So what are some tips on dealing with these bullies? And we touched on like running it through your filter, but so I've got somebody in my life, maybe it's a coworker and I get along with everybody, but man, this one person just, I don't know why they don't like me and I want everyone to like me. What do I do? How do I deal with that? That's so good. I love that. And, and so I wrote down some things like for adults and for kids, but I feel like at the end of the day, the tools are pretty similar. So, okay. If I'm talking to like a grown up and they're like, Hey, I have this person and maybe it's, you know, a former spouse, maybe it's their mom, maybe it's their sister, whatever. Um, what I'll talk to them about is like, first and foremost, I need you to remind your brain that you're okay. Because we, like you're talking about, like we'll get triggered. And I love what you said about, we kind of just digging into like, this is, we've had this before somewhere, right? Like there's a reason this is coming up. Yeah. So kind of digging into that, but Also, caveat, if you're not safe, please go get safe, right? Like that's always 100. If you're in a situation, you're not safe, please go get safe. But if technically you are safe, like reminding your brain, like I will tell people to like put their hands on their heart and like take some deep breaths. Like just there is no saber tooth tiger. We are safe here. We are okay. 
because when we're in that fight or flight mode, we really can't think logically, right? Like our logical brain is offline. So getting back to that space. And sometimes when this is new, you need like another person, like a good friend or whatever to like kind of help you emotionally get back to this place of like, I'm okay. I can, you know, take a breather. Um, and then we've kind of taken some time to do that. Uh, the process I walk myself through and anyone else I'm talking to is that there's a process of like, if I can stop and pause and get curious, curiosity will always lead to compassion if you dig enough, right? So remind yourself you're okay, I'll get And then like, okay, so now why is it bothering me? And I can dig into that more when I'm a little bit calmer. Like if I'm in triggered mode, it's harder. So like take care of your emotional, like and physical needs, right? If I'm super anxious and like having a panic attack, I got to get my body calm. So thinking about, okay, so why is it bothering me so much? Is there a belief that I'm believing about this? Like, have they done this before? Like, just kind of asking yourself questions um, to get yourself in a place of like understanding why you're having this reaction. But then the bridge to getting into compassion is like asking questions to understand like where they're coming from and to understand like maybe their background or like finding common ground. Um, in fact, maybe I could send you, I have a list of questions. Maybe I could send it to you so you could share that. But um, like questions in each category to like get yourself in a place of like, okay, get to this creative solution part. But asking also the point though is like to find some common ground somewhere, especially for grownups. This is harder for kids to do, right? But for grownups, find some common ground. Have I ever done something like this? Because sometimes when I say like, have you done this something like this? They're like, no, never. It's like, you might not have done that exact behavior, but have you ever inadvertently made someone feel other? Have you ever made them feel not included? Have you ever forgotten to text somebody back? And because we all have an impact on each other, regardless if we realize it or not, we just do. And sometimes we just do dumb things and don't realize, right? Like how many times have we forgotten to text somebody back? Uh, I don't think there's a single person who hasn't done that, right? I'm really great at replying in my head and then like never, never sending that response because like, hey, in my brain's like, oh, you did it already. <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're good. Like, so I'll have people like, I, I used to get offended by that if you didn't respond back and I'm like, oh, see, this is evidence that they don't love me. And, you know, then I have this total mind shift of like, girl, you have done that too. And yes. so now when someone texts me like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't get back. Like sister, I've done it so many times, right? Like finding common ground in we've all done things to hurt other people, whether we meant to or not. And even if that person meant to hurt you, just acknowledging that like we're all human, like that humanization piece just kind of helps like bring it back to like some logical stuff, right? Like, okay, maybe they did or maybe they did not mean to hurt me, but we've all done things to hurt each other. And also trying to understand maybe more of like, why would someone do this thing? Like okay, let's say your sister says something insensitive about your kids. Okay, let's, you know, for yourself. And sometimes you really need somebody else, like a coach or a friend or someone to like dig into it, right? But trying to look at, well, why would they say that? And because here's the thing, I honestly believe that almost everybody has good intentions, but our impact and our intentions are not the same thing, right? So I think that, when people know better, they do better. And if they're not aware enough, then they're just gonna shove it on to you, right? So like a sister says something insensitive about one of your children. Okay, 
I don't think she means to hurt me. I think that she must have maybe her own insecurities about her own kiddos, right? And she's feeling some deficiencies in herself, whether or not it's warranted, like they may be not, right? Like they may be doing a great job as a mom, but in their head, they're like, oh, there's these parts of me that I'm having a hard time. So then they're going to criticize people around them, right? Because again, going back to like loving yourself, when you're in a good space and you truly love yourself, you're not out criticizing everybody else. You're not out being mean to other people, right? Happy people are not bullies. Right. So just to take a time, take the time to be curious about like why maybe they would have said that. And because then when you can be in a place of like care for that person, because even if I get it, there's going to be people in your life that you may not like wearing best friend t-shirts, like that's fine. But just to come to a place of like humanization, compassion, right? Like they're human too come to that kind of compassion, then you can actually start creating a solution, whether that is stating a boundary, whether that is restating a boundary, whether that's stepping back from that person because they're not clearly respecting anything you have to say and love them enough to say, I'm going to do something else, right? But to take all of those actions from a place of kindness means you have to have compassion for the other person too because you both matter, right? So- And we could do a much deeper dive for hours upon just that, right? But like, I guess it's the nutshell of like, figure out what's going on with you. Try to understand maybe what's going on for them and just wonder. Like the, the, the process of wonder and curiosity is something kids are so good at, right? Like my daughter constantly, she's eight and she's like, mom, imagine this. Like, imagine this. Like, like, where do we like shut that down in, in people where we don't just wonder? Like, you don't have to have the answer just wonder what might be going on for them. Maybe they are dealing with someone passing and you don't know that they have someone they loved has passed away and they're in so much pain that they are just like raging at everybody around them. Or maybe, I don't know, like today I have a little bit of anxiety in the back of my head because I got an email from my son's teacher and there's a problem. So I'm like a little stressed about it, right? Like, and not so much that like I'm, you know, mad at anybody, but like, you know, there's, there's things going on, especially as women, especially as moms, we have all these things going on in our heads. And if you catch us at a bad moment, we might say or do something that we didn't really think through, you know? So I think, cause I I think a lot of this comes with women, right? Cause men are just a different breed and (laughs) right. They just are, and that's okay. And they handle things differently and their interactions are different. And the way they handle things is different, but with women, because there's kind of more this tendency to be a little bit more passive and to like not be direct. Cause if we're direct then it's like, Oh, that's, I don't know. It's weird. I guess. I don't know. I grew up with a mom who's very outspoken. And so I've always kind of been this anomaly of like being very opinionated. Um, but, I, but I wasn't opinionated or speaking up in like my relationships. Cause once I got into that, then it was like, Oh, I'm so scared that you'll leave that I won't say anything that might upset you or that puts you in a place of not being able to meet that need. And so then you get mad at me because I made a request you don't want to fulfill. So that's where like all opinions and, and wants and needs like got shoved right down. But, uh, but because as women, we have a hard time like saying what we want. And you said that, right? Like we don't even know. We're like, what do I even want? What do I need? I don't know, but it's powerful to know those things. And even in marriages, right? Even if it's a healthy relationship, to know like what it is you might want from your partner 
and to own that and say, hey, and make the request because we can't make them, right? But to make those requests from a place of like strength and power and not, well, maybe if you like could think about it or like, you know, right. <laughs> something yeah. like that. But yeah, so that's kind of like a, just a rundown and of like the process I would take somebody through of like, okay, someone's doing this. And obviously there's going to be a much more specific answer for like your specific situation, right? But if you can just kind of give yourself that space to like look at a little bit differently and and really to keep that in mind that this is a person that's managing their pain. It's not about you. Yeah. It never was. It never is. And your reaction is not about them either because they could say all the things. And like, if I am so rock solid in that piece of me, they can't touch me. So their, their interactions are about them and my reactions are about me. Yes. So having that differentiation can kind of just help clear the mud out a little bit and take a deeper look as to like why this is happening. And then we'll give you a better space to make a solution that's going to be, I kind of consider it to both parties. Yeah. Yeah. I love that their reaction is about them and my reaction is about me. That is truer words have never been spoken. And if you can just remember that the next time you encounter any kind of conflict, um, regardless of where it is, that's that's just key right there. It's not going to solve all the problems immediately, but man, will that help quite a bit. And I do want to go back to and highlight one other thing that you said, and that is about, you know, when you first encounter something with a bully or maybe somebody made a comment on your post online or whatever, and it just triggered you, like give yourself a minute, give yourself some time to physically calm down. Because like you said, when you're in this fight or flight response, when you're in this state of like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe, or you're, I don't know if you've ever been so mad, you've been like literally shaking or you're just whatever, your hands get sweaty and your pupils are big, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's our fight or flight response. That's a good indication that something's going on. That's not the time to go, okay, but I'm supposed to love this person because they said I just have to love and have a compassion. No, you can't get to there from there. Okay. You need to calm your nervous system first. Once your nervous system has de-escalated and you're back to baseline, that's the time where you can go, all right, I just had a little moment there. What the heck was that all about? Let's dig into this. Do I feel this is true? All those things that you mentioned and then and then move from from that point. But I just wanted to highlight that in case anybody missed it, that that's so key that you need to calm your nervous system first before anything else there. Yeah, that is super vital because like you're saying, you can't get to other pieces unless you've addressed yourself, but see that as act of self-care. See that as an yes. act of self-love, right? That like, I love myself enough to give myself grace and space for that hurt. Whatever yes. that was said or done, that hurt. And I will often tell people, especially in relationships, but I, I would even say online, like you're saying, is if something happens and you're upset, like don't text or email or post when you're mad like that is just not you know because what goes on the internet stays on the internet like it, and texting is such a hard like I gave a whole presentation once and the whole thing was about like not texting like because you lose so much of nonverbal communication right yeah. and so it's so easy to get misconstrued like texting just send funny things send I'm gonna meet you at seven send did you pick up the t chicken from Costco like informational things great but yeah, because we are so inclined to like say and do things we're not thinking about when we're mad. So like 
when you're, yeah, if you are mad, take a breather. Yeah, if someone writes something on Instagram that you're like, that was so rude. Yeah, take a second, breathe through it, do the things. But yeah, that is that is one way to just, probably the best way to love yourself is like things are going to come up and just, oh, tell your sweet little heart like, oh, I love you so much. You're so cute. Of course you're having this reaction. Like just treating yourself with like the most like love ooey gooeyness. Like I write love notes to myself if I'm really mad. Like, dear Annie, I love the crap out of you. You are so cute. You are so fun. And of course you're having this reaction. You had this, this, and this happen. Like, I get to be my own best cheerleader and it's money. Yes, I still love to like talk to friends if I'm having a hard time. But first and foremost, I go to me and I'm like, oh, sister, you are just doing the best job and it's okay. Like, you're, it's okay that you're upset and we're going to take care of it and I've got your back and we're going to be okay. And then we take a deep breath and then we come back, right? Yeah. So I like to physically write it out. So sometimes I can go back and like remind myself like, oh, look, we really love ourselves and we feel great about it. It's going to be okay. But yeah. yeah. So I'm glad you touched on that because that is huge. Get there first before you go into any of the questions because your brain's not even going to follow along anyway. And it'll just end up probably in more distress for you. So yes. Yeah, point. absolutely. And I think what you just said there about how that's just such a great act of self-care that that is self-care. You know, you talked at the beginning about how oh, we hear all these phrases like, oh, self-care, oh, go do it. OK, <laughs> I and I, I have a love hate relationship with the self self-care, self-love phrase um, because right. it's so much more. And, and we know this is more than like massages and pedicures and whatever. But I think that what you just described is one of the biggest acts of self-care. We're not meant to just be happy all the time. I don't think that that's why we're on the planet to just be in a state of, you know, euphoria 24-7. I don't think that's realistic. And I don't think that there would be a point. You have to have contrast. You have to have sadness to know happiness, right? right. So um, when, when you're allowing yourself and not smushing it under the rug and not going, oh, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's not a problem. That's we don't want to do that either. Give yourself that minute and feel that feel that hurt and identify it. And like you said, where do I feel it in my body? That's such an important thing, too. Um, you know, most most emotions, if you don't feed them, only last for about 90 seconds anyway. If you don't feed them, if you don't keep going, oh, but then he did this. And remember that one time when he said this and I can't believe and now I remember it. No, can't feed it. You have to just sit there with it and feel it. And that's going to help calm that nervous system too. But yeah, what a great act of self-care, self-love to just give yourself permission. And if you need somebody to give you permission, Annie and I are giving you permission right now. Here's your permission slip. You you got permission. You feel hurt by somebody else. Of course you do. Just like she said, you're human and that's a human response. So now sit with that. And then once you're calmed down, then you can kind of explore and deal with that a little bit. So Annie, what is one takeaway from this conversation here today that you hope everybody listening has gained? So if they have missed it the first half hour here, what's the one point that you really want to drive home? I love that. So um, I'm going to tie in like the things I would say to a kiddo with that, because I think what I have written down, like for like how to talk to a kiddo is basically the takeaway, right? Like, because when we're talking to a kid, like the same process I basically just talked about, like for a kiddo, you're just kind of going to remember like key points, like building a safe space, building confidence, building empathy, building problem solving skills, right? Those are kind of the seeds you're planting for a kiddo. But if you've never learned those things and you're the adult saying like, well, I don't know that, 
Those are the same seeds you're planting for you. A safe space, confidence, empathy, problem solving, right? Those are the things to dive into. But I, if you hear nothing else today, and this is the only thing you get from this day, is that you matter, your needs matter, what you have to say matters, what you want, what your dreams are, like what's going on in your heart and mind, it matters. So speak up because there is space for you. And if you don't know how to do that, find someone to help you, whether that's a friend, a book, a coach, a podcast. There are so many tools at your fingertips to learn how to speak up. The problem is not the access to the information. The problem is your belief in yourself. If you don't believe you're worth speaking up for, then you won't. But you are the only person that can speak up for you. Putting that in someone else's hands is just creating a space for misery. You are responsible for you, your feelings, your experiences, all of it. And so when we take that power back and say, I am so freaking amazing. And so I am worth taking care of. That means I speak up for what I want and for what I need. And that doesn't mean we run around demanding things of other people. It just means we stand in our power and we speak up. So if you get nothing else, you matter. So please speak up. Oh, what a great, great message, Annie. I love that so much. Um, yes, we we all matter. We're all just as worthy as everybody else. Nobody is more worthy than anyone else of anything on this planet, whether it be love, money, or anything else in between. So Annie, thank you so much for sharing all of this today. I feel like we could do like a three-hour podcast probably. on. All, we could dive so deep on all of these questions. Um, but I do want to let people know uh, where can they find you? Because, you know, you've said sometimes you need that other person and maybe people listening don't don't have that close confidant or maybe they don't feel comfortable. Sometimes it's easier to share really personal stuff with a complete stranger. In fact, I think it's always easier to share with a complete stranger. I don't know. Maybe that's me. Maybe I'm weird. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it helps. But it's it's always a lot easier to have that other perspective and somebody that's not as emotionally charged that can kind of help guide you if you're going through um, something tough. So Annie, if somebody was listening and wanted to know how to work with you or how to learn more about you, where can they find you? So a few things. Uh, my website is AnnieJoy.com. So that has links to like, you know, emailing me or finding out more about the content that I put out. Um, I actually had my business account get hacked over the summer, okay. which was devastating but i so i just barely started one for my podcast uh, my podcast is more religious it's like a christian based podcast but it talks all about relationship skills and about how to love each other better so if you're not religious you can kind of filter that out right that like because essentially all we're saying is like if you are a person who believes in the christian faith then we believe to be kind to each other so how do we do that better so it's it's much heavier on like the skill set but it's from the framework of if we are following Jesus Christ, then our purpose should be to be the ultimate kind of people, right? So uh, so it's called Not Your Mama's Relief Society. It's the podcast. Um, but on the website, there is links to like those episodes to hear more about like those things. Um, Instagram is notyourmamas.rs, where I put more of the content there as well. But yeah, probably the main place would be the website, anniejoy.com. Perfect. And I, of course, will put those links in the show notes as always. So everyone can just find you with the click of a button. Annie, thank you so much for being on today. You are just a wealth of knowledge in all all things 
um, relationship and communication and stand up for yourself and bullying and resilience and all of that. I just loved all the things you shared. So again, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you. I was really appreciative that you reached out. So thank you. Absolutely. And everyone else, I hope that I hope you gained as much from this as I did listening to Annie and wherever you're at, I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will catch you on the next one. That's it for today, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or even better, leave a review and let me know what resonated with you the most. The more you tell me what you love, the better I'm able to create future episodes with even better content. I'm sending you so much love and light. I'll see you in the next episode.